Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I your theater Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright you're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 and good morning. Welcome to the 12 tribes worldwide. Greetings. You reached another episode of ISBHBK Presents Bible Talk. My name is Meshava. I'm one of the teachers here at the ISBHBK. That is the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our podcast that we do every Monday through Thursday. Um, we usually start at 10 a.m. from 10 a.m. to uh, to noon, maybe a little, uh, maybe uh, 12:30. Today I got started a little bit late, but usually, again, our podcast usually starts at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, goes to about noon, sometimes uh, uh, 12:30. That's Monday through Thursday, uh, and then again on Friday nights uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, uh, with uh, Friday night uh, Bible breakdowns with the brother Brother Bob. Um, again, thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope everybody had, had, had a, a good weekend, uh, a peaceful Sabbath. Uh, welcome, again, uh, welcome. Uh, being a part of the ISBHBK uh, network of schools, we do have school locations um, across America, right? We do have school locations across America. Uh, for our school here in San Antonio, uh, which is located at 4444 Walsham Avenue, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Uh, we have classes there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, everybody is welcome and invited to come. Uh, starting from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then again on Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Um, you can also view us live on YouTube uh, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time at Saturdays at 10 a.m. at ISBHBK uh, San Antonio at ISBHBK San Antonio. We invite you, uh, please come and check us out. Um, and if you'd like to uh, help our school here in San Antonio, we invite you to check out the kiosk uh, located at uh, Willingo Small in front of the Shoe Palace between the Great American Creek Company and the elevators going up to the food court called Eastern Fragrances. Eastern Fragrances provides you with the uh, with custom-designed, custom-made, uh, pure, Cologne perfume oils uh, without the uh, dimensioned alcohol, without the, without the water, but the pure actual oils or perfumes that you find in your perfumes and colognes. Uh, Easter fragrances. Uh, uh, also, from, when you support Easter fragrances, you support keeping the school open here in, in San Antonio. So we invite everybody to please check out Easter fragrances or check out the movie company uh, that, that's been uh, set up to help uh, keep the school running here in San Antonio and provide employment uh, for, for several families here in, uh, uh, in, in, in our school called Undermark Moving. Undermark Moving is a moving company uh, that is licensed, insured, and bonded uh, for any moving needs you might need, need done. If you've got to move an apartment, you've got to move a house, you've got to move a, a, a business, you've got to move a storage, you've got to move a garage, uh, you can move something from the attic to the, to, to the garage. No job too big, no job too small. Contact us uh, at Audemont Moving, and we have an office location, again, at Willingo Mall, on the north end of the mall in the Dillard's Wing called Audemont Moving, or 
uh, you're invited to please check out the school. Get, uh, get a chance to check out the, the school. Again, at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Or get in touch with Brother Awana Iyer at area code 210-862-2643. Or Brother Samson Wan at 505-387-9609. Again, help support our school here in San Antonio. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting some text in. Uh, please help support our school in San Antonio by checking out those uh, those businesses. For our schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester, we have a website that you're invited to go check out at isbhpk.com. We have a website located. Uh, uh, you can go to isbhpk.com with links to Chosen Creations, Sweet Ambiance, and uh, Israelware. Sweet Ambiance is dedicated to engineering custom fragrances so everyone of your moods can smell amazing. When you support Sweet Ambiance, you help support the uh, ISBHPK. And one of the things about Sweet Ambiance um, uh, that, that specializes in handmade, uh, handmade soaps, handmade lotions, handmade beard oils for men, women, and children uh, to take care of whatever needs you have going on, whatever mood you might need. Um, that's what Sweet Ambiance has been set up for. And to help keep the schools going in Houston, Rochester, and, and Norfolk, you can get a monthly subscription to Sweet Ambiance. Uh, there's different prices. And remember, when you support Sweet Ambiance, you help them support the truth uh, for our schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester. Um, and you can visit also the, uh, the website on Etsy. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's, that's uh, Sweet Ambiance. All right? Then we have a link for Chosen Creations. All right? You have a link for Chosen Creations. Uh, Chose Creations offers custom engraved jewelry, personalized home decor, and unique gifts you can't find anywhere else, and really is, is true. So we invite you to check out ChoseCreations.com uh, at Etsy. All right, Chose Creations, uh, Chose Creations com at Etsy. Right, and check out some of the stuff we have there. They have jewelry uh, for men and women. They have home decor stuff that you can decorate your house with. And pure, authentic Hebrew is like... Um, uh, uh, decorations and gear. It really is something amazing, and the prices are very reasonable. Uh, we invite you to please check out Chosen Creations. And last but not least, we have Israelware. Israelware, uh, when you get a subscription to Israelware, uh, start a subscription with Israelware with different prices. You get a, a new shirt each month, uh, which includes the border blue and fringes. It's 100% pre shrunk cotton uh, with a bottom design, the final design of the month. Uh, a leather headband to match your shirt, and shipping is included. So we invite you to check out Wear again, for men, women, or children, that if you want to get your garment game up from head to toe, please check out, uh, uh, please check out Israelware, all right? We invite you to please check out Israelware. Um, our school in Houston is located at 231 FM Road, 1092, um, uh, Stafford, Texas, 77477. Uh, and you can check them out uh, every Monday and Wednesday, uh, starting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on ISBHBK Houston. And you can get on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And again on Saturdays for the uh, Sabbath ceremony uh, at, uh, at the school. All right. For any questions uh, that, that, you, that you might have, we invite you to please contact Priest Kwakazak at Erico 303 557 
1-800-242-8979. For our school in Norfolk, located at 2016 Granby Street, Middle Virginia, 23517, being the address there. Um, and you can view them live on Facebook, right? On Facebook Live, uh, you go to the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge um, from 7 to 9 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, Eastern Standard Time. And then on Fridays, um, ISBHBK Norfolk on YouTube, again, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Saturdays, you can see the Sabbath ceremony, uh, which begins at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time um, at ISBHBK Norfolk. And then we have our school in Rochester. I'm sorry. And for our school in, in, in Norfolk, uh, please contact Chris Kazakia at area code 757-300-4047. For our school in Rochester, our school in Rochester, being in the Rochester area, Rochester New area, uh, is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606. And you can view them live on, on YouTube as well at ISBHBK Rochester. That's every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Saturdays, uh, starting at 10 a.m. For any questions uh, going on in, uh, in Rochester with our school up there, please contact Chris Zion. He's doing a great job up there. Uh, area code 757-762-3917. And then, uh, if you're in the Albuquerque area, the Mexico area, we ask you to please contact uh, Brother Aisha White Desire at area code 505-218-4218 for, for any, uh, anything going on in the Albuquerque area. We invite you to uh, check him out. And again, if you happen to be in, in San Antonio, we invite you to also check out on Sundays, we have the Hebrew class at the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, also located at Golden Oaks Mall, on the second floor of the far south end of the mall, uh, at the former Sears wing uh, of the mall, right in front of the remote control race car track, or race car derby, that's there at the mall every Sunday, starting from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. We do have a Pedro Hebrew um, uh, class uh, that, we, that we do have, and anybody that's welcome to come and check it out if you want to learn the Paleo Hebrew or the Ancient Hebrew. Um, that's every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. To help keep the event center uh, up and running, we invite you to please check out EO Pure Therapy. EO Pure Therapy is located, again, at Rolling Oaks Mall on the first floor of the mall in the J.C. Petey Wing of the mall, directly diagonal from the H&M Clothing Store, directly diagonal from the H&M Clothing Store called EO Pure Therapy, which specializes in custom handmade soaps, custom handmade um, uh, lotions, custom handmade uh, 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 bath bombs, custom handmade sugar scrubs, custom handmade um, uh, uh, salt scrubs, um, uh, and also specializing in CBD oil-infused gummies, creams, tinctures, roll-ons, and bath bombs, all right? They're all handmade. So we invite you to please uh, check out EO Pure Therapy. And for any of your skincare needs, for men, women, or children, please check out EO Pure Therapy. And, again, proceeds from there, you help keep the EO Pure Therapy Event Center up and running. So we invite you to check out any of our businesses uh, to help, help us uh, promote this truth, uh, uh, promote this teaching uh, uh, across the world. And if you'd like to help uh, our, our podcast, our Bible Talk podcast, um, I am taking donations at, on Cash App at Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, or our Google Wallet at uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575 at gmail.com. 
All right. You just want to get all those announcements out the way. So, I, you know, we have done that. Now, brothers and sisters, please, uh, I, I want to direct your attention to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. The book of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. And this is what it says. It says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but the prayer, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So we want to make sure we're doing the right thing by the most high and that we're not being wicked and that our prayers might be heard. So he says that he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The reason that's important for us, brothers and sisters, is when we go to the book of James in the New Testament, the book of James, chapter 5 or 16, it does say, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we want to send up prayer. We, we ask that the righteous, those that, that are striving to get right with the Father and do right by the Father, according to the scriptures, that our prayers, that the prayers of the righteous um, over the sick, the prayers of the righteous over, over those that uh, might be in need, that the Lord hears the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous and it avails much. I mean, it helps out a lot. Uh, and then when we go to First Peter, Chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, for yourselves, I'm sorry, First Peter chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So we, I'm going through these scriptures, brothers and sisters, because this is where I'm starting to compile a prayer list um, for different brothers and sisters uh, around the country and around, around the world that, that I, I get their names, and I ask that you might, in, in your uh, uh, private time, when you're saying a prayer to the Father, that you might add some of these names, uh, add all these names uh, to your prayer request, uh, so that the Most High might be able to hear, hear the prayers of the righteous to help uh, help our people out, help 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 these brothers and sisters that are that are in need of, of a little extra help. All right. So the Most High in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send Michael and the holy angels to watch over, bless, heal, protect, strengthen, help, guide, and please take away all evil, evil people, evil spirits, uh, sicknesses, guile, and malice from the fallen people, Father. Uh, from the couple, Sahawam uh, and his wife, Waradaya. From the brother, John Spann. Uh, from the sister, Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes. Uh, for the, the sister Becky and the brother Darrow, uh, for the entire Lovett family, for the entire Coates family, for the brother Kizakia and his family and his wife Shawashana, uh, for the sister um, Anagashia, uh, for the brother Zahamon Mayam there in Houston, uh, for the brother here in, in San Antonio, Zahawam um, uh, West Beverly, for the sister Ayana, uh, the wife of the uh, of the brother of Warner Ayer. For some special needs children, Father, um, we ask uh, for the, the uh, Cece, Isley, and uh, Aliyah, Father. Uh, we ask for the brother Tazapa and his family, especially his son Rapa, Father. We ask for the brother Kudaskabar. Uh, we're sending the prayers for the brother Yanawathan. We're, seeing, we're asking, Father, for, uh, uh, as we pray for the brother Sham Kwadash and for his wife, Mariah. We're praying for the brother Gabar uh, there in Florida and for his mother-in-law, Muslim Johnson. We ask you, Father, uh, for the wife of Bonabad, Kwadashaya, Father. And then we ask for the brother LV, his, his mother, 
Pat Washington. We ask you, Father, in the name of your son, uh, who the world calls Jesus Christ, but we understand his name in the ancient Hebrew, to be Shai, that all praise, all glory is from you, Father. Uh, thank you always, Amen. The water from Yad, Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, so we got all the announcements and everything out the way. We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Um, let me come back now, check out, let's get to, get me to get into today's topic. All right, let's get, get ready to get into today's topic. Um, if you look at the title of the class, brothers and sisters, if you look at the title of the class, I did title the class, and let me go ahead and get, pull it up here, uh, to, not, to Deny Christ, Part 13, as the heathen do, all right? Um, and I just opened up the chat room uh, here at www.blogtalkradio.com, Mashaba. Uh, the chat room is open, all right? The chat room is open. So if you log on to your web browser and go to www.blogtalkradio.com, uh, when that web page comes up, go to the uh, search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, that's going to bring you to our, um, our episode page. And you'll see on air live now, um, hit the, the, the start button, and you'll be able to listen in live. And also, there's a chat that if you have a question or, 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 or comment or whatever, you can go ahead and hit me up that way. Um, and the chat room now is open. Right? There's something that we're trying to promote now uh, to get a little more interaction uh, going so that we can get a little bit more interactive. Right, so we can get a little bit more interactive. Uh, if you've missed any of our classes, brothers and sisters, if you missed any of our classes, we also invite you to check out www.blogtalkradio.com uh, for any of the classes that we've done from today, going all the way back to our very first classes that started February 10th, 2010, with uh, some wonderful teachers such as uh, 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 Kawa the, the brother Karash from the Mount Zion. Um, uh, the brother Yasha Allah, um, that we, uh, and obviously the brother Tazapar and the series of, of, of classes that him and the brother uh, Bayasapar did, the history classes, that were phenomenal, that were very informative and pinpoint. We invite you to go check out our library classes at www.blogtalkradio.com um, to catch up or, or review or learn from any of the classes that we've done going all, again, back to February uh, 28, 2010. Please go and check it out. Uh, another resource uh, that you can check out to keep up with any of our classes is at um, Google Podcasts. You can reach us on Google po- at IS, ISBHBK Bible Talk, on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio Podcasts, on Apple iTunes Podcasts, and Podcast Addict. All right, and that's something that you can keep your library up or keep and review any of the classes uh, that that we've covered that we've done uh, from Tazapot Tuesdays, not like I was saying, uh, to any of the series of classes that I've done, to going all the way back to uh, classes that Kawakaba has done, uh, to even classes that the brother Harash has done. We invite you to go and check them out. And if you're just tuning in now, um, this is part 13 uh, of my series that I'm going over, uh, entitled "To Deny Christ." And as a quick recap. Uh, like the title is it, telling you what it means to deny Christ. It's a series that I'm, I'm going over um, of what it means to deny Christ, that we want to we uh, uh, really take in part and really apply 2 Timothy 
chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto the most high, a workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, we want to make sure that we are rightly dividing the word of truth and that we're, that we're really putting in a study. That's, why, that's one of the reasons why we do call ourselves the Israelite school of biblical history and practical knowledge, that when you were in school for, or when we were in school, that if there was a word you didn't know, you were told to go look it up. And many of us that might be a little more old school, um, uh, before the, the really uh, age of the Internet, we understood the, the Dewey Decimal System, that you had to go to the library and actually had to do research. You had to, uh, that uh, before the age of the Internet really took over, that you had to write a, a term paper. I know we had, for me to graduate high school, we had to write a term paper with the bibliography, meaning with reference, the reference notes of what reference books we studied and used to come up with our term paper. Uh, and not to plagiarize, which means to just uh, copy and paste um, <laughs> something we get from the Internet and just copy and paste into a text or whatever, that we actually really had to do, go and do research. We had to go and read um, and actually study. And that, that was a concept of, of what it means to be in school, that the, the books that we go over, the stuff we go over, is something to be studied. It's not religious. It's not mystical. It's not mythical. But it's something that's very practical. So that's why we do call ourselves the Israelite school of biblical history and practical knowledge. So um, I'm on, again, uh, this 13th part of what it means to deny Christ. So please go back uh, to our library uh, on any one of our, our, our platforms uh, to check out and catch yourselves up with um, this whole class. But in a nutshell, we are going over what it means to deny Christ. And one thing that we was going over my last uh, uh, broadcast, which happened to be this past Thursday, um, we were going over, well, we've been going over, uh, taking a look at Matthew chapter 6 and also uh, our it's in reference to our time in ancient Egypt, Israel, Hebrew Israelites' time in ancient Egypt, that we, we've been reviewing. And, and, and trying to match the, and, and show the events that we're going through today are, are almost, they're a mirror of events that happened for the Israelites back in ancient Egypt before our freedom, before we were liberated by the Mosiah through the hand of Moses, that there are certain things recorded in the Bible that God requires things that are past, and that the things that have been is that which shall be, that history repeats itself. And these, these are some of the things that we've covered in, in some of the most recent uh, shows that I've done on this series to Delight Christ. So, again, I invite you please go to the library to check, them, uh, check, out, check those parts out that you might have missed. But we were really going into uh, matching the history and looking at um, how things were in the past and how they are the same things today. And we were looking at how when Moses brought the message of salvation to the children of Israel after God, uh, after he, he got the message from God through the burning bush, uh, that when Moses came and met with his brother Aaron, and that they came and presented themselves to the Hebrew Israelites, to, our, to the Israelites, and that with the signs that the Lord gave uh, Moses, from his hand turning from uh, dark-skinned brown to leprous white, uh, back to dark-skinned brown, to throwing his staff on the ground, 
and it turned into a serpent, picking the staff back up and turning it back into a staff and telling them that the Lord God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has heard and seen the afflictions and the rigors that, that the children of Israel were going under, that, that, that we were under, under the hand of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and that it was time for the Israelites now uh, to be saved and to go and now receive the land that was promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, the promised land, the land that was uh, sworn to our forefathers, that now it's time for us to be freed from the captivity and slavery of, of the Egyptians and now go and receive the blessing that was promised to Abraham. And that uh, as Israelites, we believed, the, we believed what Moses said. And there was a rejoicing and the worshiping of the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we were now going to be saved and be freed from the rigors of the captivity. And that's what from us covered in Exodus chapter 4 and also in Exodus chapter 5. Uh, upon Exodus chapter 5, we was going over when Moses actually now came to Pharaoh, him and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said, uh, even though God told Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh, but I'm going to harden his heart so that uh, when I'm finished, I'm going to kill the firstborn of the Egyptians, uh, of Pharaoh. The Lord told Moses this. So Moses goes to Pharaoh with Aaron and uh, demands to let the children of Israel go three days journey um, that we might go and serve and worship the Lord, our God. And Pharaoh thought Moses had lost his damn mind. <laughs> he thought Pharaoh, uh, he thought Moses and Aaron had really lost their damn mind that remember the Israelites were employed in every work and every service of the field throughout the empire of the Egyptians, whatever service work there was similar to here in America, whatever service, work there is, you find our people, the 12 tribes of Israel, the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans. Those people of Negroid, Hispanic, and so-called Native American descent, here in North, especially here in North America, where you can find all 12 tribes here in North America, even though we're scattered to the Four corners of the earth, you can find all of our tribes here in North America that there's not a service industry. There's not a job that deals with service that our people are not involved in. If it's military service, you can find our people throughout military service. If it's uh, uh, sanitation service, you can find, find our people involved with sanitation. If it's, if it's uh, restaurants dealing from, from, from cooks to dishwashers to waitresses, to uh, maitre d's, to uh, busboys, to hostesses, uh, hosts and hostesses, that we are in every facet of service here in America. If it's uh, the entertainment industry, if it's uh, the music industry, if, it, if it's whatever manner of service there is that can be thought of or imagined, that just like here in America, these are just some of the same things that the Israelites were involved back in ancient Egypt. And I know because we've seen movies like uh, The Prince of Egypt, because we've seen movies like The Ten Commandments, that we only so much associate the, 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 the Israelites uh, only being in Cairo, Egypt, and not the Empire of Egypt, but only being in Cairo, Egypt, and only building the pyramids there in Cairo. But we, we, 
we miss out on some of the text, especially from Exodus chapter 4 or chapter 2, that, no, we were employed rigorously in every manner of service in the field. And we know from Matthew chapter 13 verse 38, the field of the world or the empire of the Egyptians. So for Moses and Aaron to come to Pharaoh, talking about the Israelites need three days to go and worship the Lord our God from throughout the empire of Egypt, that would have brought Egypt to, 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 to a halt. Just like if, if all Israelites, or when we leave America, even that, and that's going to be an Armageddon and the destruction of this place, that it's going to shut America down. Brothers and sisters, think about the civil rights movement, and think about the bus boycotts that were held down in the South. Just from, from our people gathering together in the South, and just refusing to ride the bus. It shut the South down. That's the power we have in unity. That's the type of power we have when we actually unify. And because we are employed in, 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 in every manner of service here in America, it shut that, the bus boycotts shut America down so that there had to be some changes made. Now, imagine if all 12 tribes, or when all 12 tribes come together, if we were to do that today in modern-day America, what would the government do? Well, this is why the government has things like COINTELPRO. This is why they, they, they are, uh, uh, they're looking for the black messiah. This is why they've done, they, they employ every effort they can to make sure we stay divided any possible way we can, from east to west to north to south, from tall to dark, are tall, tall to short, light skin, dark skin, uh, uh, curly hair, straight hair. Um, the different type of English we might speak from the East Coast English to a West Coast English to a, a down South English to uh, uh, Spanish to the different forms of dialects of, of Spanish um, that you're Saleno or you're Norteño. Uh, that they just they make sure we just stay divided. All right, because they understand that when we unify, if we unify, we can shut the world down. So many things have been employed to keep us divided and not coming together. So as Moses told Pharaoh and demanded him, let God's people go for three days. It was only two days. We might go serve the Lord our God. We see where Pharaoh came up with the plan. Like, if y'all got time to think about serving your God, y'all must be too idle. Things must be too easy for y'all. Now, remember, it already said that our, our, the, the captivity was already rigorous. It was rigorous. And remember, the Egyptians had a 10-day work week, not a 7-day work week. The Egyptians had a 10-day work week. They had uh, 30 days in a month, 12 months in a year, but they had a 10-day work week. So instead of having four weeks in a month, they only had three weeks in a month. So, and what we were made to endure in Egypt, it was already hard. And we were crying to the Lord, our God. So Pharaoh was like, if y'all got time to think about y'all God, why aren't y'all working? If y'all got time to think about y'all God, you're not, you, you, you get too much time in your hand. You got your mind in the wrong place. And that's when Pharaoh came up with the plan that we're going to take away the straw from you making the daily quota of making the bricks in Egypt. Now, the daily quota of making the bricks in Egypt will be similar to the cost of living here in America that in order to live, there's a certain amount of work that needs to be done by people to meet the cost of living standards here in America. 
Well, by taking away the straw from making the bricks, that's how we survived. Not only was it the, our industry or whatever, but that's how we was able to maintain a cost of living there in Egypt. And now by taking away the straw, that we still had to, to find more work throughout Egypt in order to maintain the, 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 the bricks that we had, had to make or how to maintain ourselves back in ancient Egypt. And that plan was came up with so that now we would think more about getting our, our, our tails to work to make these bricks because the with them taking away the straw, it didn't mean that we still had we still had to maintain ourselves. Just like here in America, as inflation keeps going higher and higher and higher and higher, that now it's getting harder and harder for our people to maintain themselves. That you have people that are retirees. They retired. They put in 20 years, 30 years at a job, retired, and the pension plan, Social Security, whatever it might be, just ain't enough. And that retirees are having to go to work. You, you see them at Walmart as the greeters, and even that's starting to get phased out. Um, how many older people do you see working fast food jobs? A fast food job is supposed to be for teenagers. That's what be their first, their first job, getting, getting uh, some minimum wage, getting a little spending money, uh, getting a little clothes money. Not older people have to be in these kitchens having to be in, in the drive throughs having to be in um, um, uh, uh, behind the counters, having to be these janitors, having already retired, but it's just not enough, and now having to, to do more work to make ends, ends meet here in, in modern America. The same dynamic is what was going on with that, with, with the, the plan that Pharaoh came up with back in ancient Egypt. And upon Pharaoh in, implementing that, the Israelites, got angry at Moses and, and even had Moses doubting what God had said, that since you told us about salvation, our workload now has gotten harder. To maintain what we got to maintain and take care of our families, our workloads got harder. And now we've had to be scattered throughout even more of the empire of Egypt to find more work to maintain what we, what we got going on. You made it worse for us. And how, and we were, we were also comparing that to here now in America, as more and more Israelites are waking up to their identity, as more and more Israelites are waking up to their nationality, we can see where the cost of living is getting more and more ridiculous. We can see where a, a family to help maintain themselves. Remember, in, in when America first came up, and going back to the, let's say the, uh, the Roaring Twenties, the eighteen hundreds, the thirties, the forties, that. A man, especially a white man, working a minimum wage job, which was whatever, however many dollars or cents a day, that that was enough for them to maintain a house. Did he be the, the man would be the only one working. He could maintain a house, get a car, and provide food for his family on what was minimum wage back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. They could get houses off a minimum wage and take care of their families. Minimum wage. And we can definitely see we're at the point now where it's gotten so bad, family members cannot leave home. They can't leave their parents' home. Everybody's got to move in together 
so we can try and pay, consolidate to pay our bills to maintain something because the cost of living is just getting too high around the world, around America. It, it's too much, and we need everybody working. Everybody needs to find a job. Everybody needs to find some work that will contribute to what's going on for us to maintain any type of lifestyle here in America. And in that dynamic, this is where this is where we worry more about working so we can pay our bills and maintain ourselves than the message that we are the Israelites and our God is coming to save us. Our God is it, seeing what we're going through and it's coming to save us. And now from the same dynamic, our minds are being are denying the message of salvation in Christ, and now we're focused on survival. Got to work. Got to make this money. And that that transcends to, as we was going over on, on, on Thursday uh, and on Wednesday, that transcends, brothers and sisters, to our, our, our kids being, uh, it's important for our kids to get an education. Um, and that they get a, a degree in a career field. And that you, you see more more uh, magnet schools, especially in San Antonio. You see more magnet schools than I've ever seen before that are getting kids to think about a career field, damn near from middle school. Now, from middle school, coming into high school, I mean, even in middle school, they've got the, the, the magnet programs that if you want to go to the science field, you want to go into the, the, the technical field, you want to go into the nursing field, starting from middle school, they have magnet schools that now you can go to because you need to have your mind on how are you going to live, how are you going to survive, how are you going to work, what job are you going to get. So now even starting from that age, middle school, a conditioning of the mind, what are you going to do in life and how are you going to survive? How are you going to make it? You got to start thinking about this in middle school. And now the, the, the conditioning and the pressure is being committed to studying, being committed to make sure you get good grades in school, and all that energy that could be used to studying the Bible, all that the, the teaching that could be used to get into these scriptures, all that teaching that could be that mental energy and, and emotional energy and spiritual energy that could be used into understanding the prophecies of God and we preparing ourselves for the kingdom of God, which is to come, which is the Lord's Prayer. That uh, and how many uh, high school lockers, locker rooms, or, or, or sports locker rooms across America do teams repeat the Lord's Prayer? But it's for them not to focus on what the Lord's Prayer is actually saying, but that now in some type of superstitious way or, or, or whatever, that by repeating the Lord's Prayer, that's going to give us this victory. Uh, in, in, uh, over our opponent. That's going to give us this victory um, <laughs> uh, in our sport as if that's what God's focus is on is like that we make enough points in this game or we block enough for the goals or, or swim fast enough or whatever that the Lord God's going to be with us. So that our, our conditioning of thinking about the Lord God of Israel and what the Lord's prayer actually means has been reduced so can we win this game? Can, will God, the God of heaven <laughs> and earth, will you please be with us, even though, it is, even though it is on the Saturday, which is the Sabbath, will you be with us 
at this football game? Will you be with us at this soccer game? Will you give us a victory? <laughs> this Friday night over our opponents who the Lord God are Satan. The Lord God that they are evil. The Lord God, they don't love your name. And both teams are framed this in the locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we've been going over, <laughs> brothers and sisters. And we we was also uh, going into how this conditioning, how it's it's uh, getting our minds not on on what we should be focused on. All right. Uh, so I'm going to come in, uh, back in today. Um, we're still taking a look at to deny Christ. But also in denying Christ, to look at not to do as the heathen do, right? Not to do as the heathen do. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to ask everybody um, to join me and go into the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 23. The book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 23. And it says, uh, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And, and I want to start with this, this scripture here that if, we don't, if we're not careful, we could be denying Christ and, and by doing the ways of the heathen, and that we savor, we're about the things of men, and we're not savoring the things that be of God. And that when uh, Peter had did this uh, with Christ. And we, we went over this, we've gone over the scripture in um, our series of Christ being the Passover. Um, we, we've covered that in a 21 part series, again, on ISBK uh, Bible Talk. So please go and check that out uh, as well. But I just want to use this right now that look at what Christ called Peter, St. Peter, the one he gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven, Christ called him Satan. Why did he call him Satan? He says, you're an offense unto me. You're offending me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That, that savor, let me, pull that, let me pull the scripture up. That when he says that savor, Matthew, I'm, I'm going to go to my comparative Bibles. Um, I'm looking at the Bible in the American Standard Version. I'm looking at the same verse that we just read, uh, which is Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. If we look at the American Standard Version of this same verse, we already King James Version. Now I'm going to read the American Standard Version. It says this, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art a stumbling block unto me, for thou mindest not the things of God, but the things of men, that your mind is on the things that your mind is not on the things of God, but your mind is on the things of men. This is why he called him Satan, and that you're a stumbling block unto me. You 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 tripping me up. You you trying to you trying to bring me down, that because your mind is not on the things of God, but on the things of men. All right. Um, if we look at the uh, 
um, the AFV, which is the let me pull this back up again. The AFV, which is the a faithful version, right? Called the AFV, called a faithful version. And this is what it says here. It says, Then he turned and said, said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me because your thoughts are not in accord with the things of God, but the things of men. That here, Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai himself, is explaining to Peter at this particular time, Peter, you're an offense to me. You need to get behind me. You need to get on my face because your thoughts are not in accord with the things of God, but your thoughts are on the things of men. That's a favorite version of the Bible. Uh, when we check out the Bible in basic English, and we look at the Bible version, the Bible in basic English, it says, but he, turning to Peter, said, get out of my way, Satan. You are a danger to me because your mind is not on the things of God, but on the things of men. And I'm just reading some of these, these different versions, brothers and sisters. I really kind of want us to absorb and really, really you know, let, let this soak in about how we can be Satan. Because the condition that we have here in America right now is to be satanic is to only listen to heavy, uh, heavy metal, rock and roll, to um, uh, uh, have crazy devil tattoos and skulls and uh, all types of crazy piercings and to uh, run around the neighborhood uh, killing cats and drinking cat's blood or whatever, uh, or to be some type of witches or whatever. That this has been a connotation that we have about Satan through the conditioning of, of religion. But if we look at what the Bible is telling us, Christ called Peter Satan for being a stumbling block. If we look at one case, one, one version, for being an offense, for being a danger, because Peter's thoughts, Peter's mind, was not on the things of God, but on the things of men. Um, just read a couple more of these. Um, for the, the Beeren Study Bible, now this is going to be the last one I'm going to read. In the Beeren Study Bible, it says, But Jesus turned and said to Peter, You're behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. So, again, as we're living in these times, brothers and sisters, that if we're not careful, that from the conditioning that we're in in this society, that our minds are being pulled into how we're going to survive, how we're going to be taken care of, how we're going to maintain ourselves, so that now our mind is not on the things of God, but the things of men, how men do things, how men in this world survive, all right? I know I said that's going to be the last one, but I'm going to see if I've got any other good ones here. Um, ooh. All right, this is the CEV. I'm sorry, y'all. I know I was going to move on. In the CEV, which is the contemporary English version, the contemporary English version <laughs> Uh, for uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 21. This is what it says. Check this out, brother. Check this out. Jesus turned to Peter 
and says, Satan, get away from me. You're in my way because you think like everyone else and not like God. <laughs> I don't know how many more ways uh, this could be really brought out. Uh, and hopefully the message is really starting to, to, to come across how if we're not careful, our minds, just like our forefathers' minds, was directed to stop thinking about salvation and serving our God, but how we've been surviving ancient Egypt by thinking like everybody else. We want to be careful in these times, brothers and sisters, that from things happening in the world and things that's going on around us, that we we forget about the message of salvation and the things, we, and that our minds and thoughts are not on salvation, the salvation of the nation of Israel, and we're getting selfish on thinking about ourselves. We're getting selfish on thinking about how we're going to survive. We're getting selfish on thinking about our safety and our security and not having the mind of Christ, which, again, I did a whole series on that also. <laughs> I did a whole series on that also, having the mind of Christ. Please go check it out, ISB3K Bible Talk, trying to get myself another selfish plug. Please go check out our series. We've covered this extensively, all right? And also salvation. We've covered salvation extensively. And to throw my brother Tazapah, not to forget Tazapah Tuesdays, Tazapah Tuesdays, Tazapah Tuesdays. The brothers doing the history right now on Never Wax Pale on how these same same mentalities was uh, uh, levied heavy on us at the time of the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and especially the time of the Greeks. And the time of the Romans, when we were Hellenized, and the type of mindsets that we were given, and 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 getting away from the the thoughts of the Lord our God, and getting into survival, getting into greed, getting into doing things like everybody else, wanting to be like the Greeks, wanting to be like the Romans, wanting to be like the Babylonians, wanting to be like the Egyptians, wanting to be like the Assyrians. He's been covering this topic, Tazafar Tuesdays, on ISCK Bible Talk. Please go and check them out. If you haven't, you're, you're missing out. I'm going to say it like that. You really are missing out. Right? And we're doing these classes to really try to help our people as we're in these times to make sure that our anchor really is rooted in these scriptures and that our anchor really is rooted on doing those things. We know that we're, only saved, we're saved by grace. We understand we're saved by mercy. We understand that. But it also says that faith without works is dead that we will make sure that our faith and our actions and the things that we're doing are approved by God, that we are doing the right thing. Because in this world, it will make you feel like by doing the right thing with God, which is against what everyone else is saying, that, you, that we're in the wrong. That I'm doing things where the scripture says do it, but the world says do it this way, and now the guilt, the, the, the uh, condemnation, the, just the doubt that comes to our mind, like it came to Moses. This is how, how, how hard this can roll. It hit Moses when Pharaoh did what he did to, the ancient, to our people in ancient Egypt, and the Israelites hit Moses up, what the hell are you doing? I'm paraphrasing. Moses went to the most high like, Father, it's gotten worse for our people. I thought we came to save them. Even Moses started panicking. And the most I had to calm him down. That if he catch Moses and Moses spoke with God, 
not some a dream or notion or, or drug-induced trance. The Most High spoke to Moses, gave him the signs that I'm with you. And in all that, Moses still got shook. So we present our classes, brothers and sisters, on not just IS Speaking, our, our podcast that we're doing, but also on, on our YouTube channels in our classes that we really need to make sure that our steps and what we're doing are the right steps and our minds, our thoughts are not becoming an enemy. We're not becoming a stumbling block. We're not becoming a danger to what Christ came to do and the message he came to give because our mind, we think like everyone else. Our thoughts are not on how God wants things done, how God does things, but on how men, and how people who don't know God do things. All right, let me see if we got any more here that that that, that will help resonate. I hope this this point. Um, got that one. It's King James. King James. Um, oh, okay. This is the E R R B Bible, brothers and sisters. The E R R B and E R R B is the Exegesis Ready Research Bible. The Exegesis Ready Research Bible, a research Bible, a study Bible. I'm going to read this here. And this is uh, Mark chapter 21 here. But he turned and said unto Peter, Petros, yet go thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense, a scandal unto me. For thou savorest, mindest not, the, the things of those that be of God, uh, Elohim, Elohim, but those that be of men and humanity. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I talk a lot, but I'm not an eloquent man. I talk a lot, but I'm not a really eloquent man. That I really don't know how to I'm not good at making my words, being a wordsmith, to make my words uh, come across, uh, uh, to express how I really feel. That's just that's not that's not your God. That's not me. People can hear my passion. I'll start talking real fast. Um, with me, you have to see my face. You see my, my facial expressions to, to to know what's on my mind. I do wear my emotions on my sleeve when it comes to that. So I'm not really an eloquent brother or an eloquent man to really help paint pictures with my words, and I hope that I'm not doing these scriptures and injustice by not really having that ability. I really hope that these scriptures that we're going over, brothers and sisters, is helping to get a mindset, a picture in our minds of what is really going on, of what's happening. I pray that that's what's going on, all right? Um, oh, okay. Let's try this one, brothers and sisters. This is the Good News Bible. All right, this is a good news Bible. Jesus turned around and said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my way because these thoughts of yours don't come from God but from human nature. How many times from the conditions that are going on around us, 
that we can count it as human nature. Ain't that a, a Michael Jackson song or or, or uh, Paul McCartney song? Human nature. Or uh, I'm only human. Who was that? Uh, George Michael, his first band. Um, human nature. That we get more caught up into the thoughts that be, that come from human nature, from humanity, and not thoughts that actually come from God. And in those situations, Christ himself is calling Peter, the one he's been teaching at this time for over three years, who was his disciple for over three years, that, that, that Peter was at every time Christ was teaching and all the parables Christ taught, and again, the understanding all the parables, even more than was written in the Bible. That he was there for those intimate conversations that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John didn't write down. That, that the, 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 knowing Christ intimately, sleeping in the same room with Christ after they got finished teaching for three days straight, being uh, eating with Christ, breaking bread with Christ, Sleeping in the same room as Christ. If Christ snored, hearing Christ snore, knowing each other's habits, if Christ woke up with bad breath, Peter had a morning breath. They experienced a, a lot of these things together. Peter, Cephas, getting to talk about they're, they're, they're growing up. Christ talked to them about the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They really, uh, Christ explained to them why he gave this parable, or why he spoke to people this way. And, and them talking about all the people that, that, that Christ was healing. And then Christ gave Peter and the other disciples spiritual power to heal people. And to be able to go into, uh, into the synagogues in the cities that Christ would come to and get them ready for Christ's arrival. Go into the synagogue and start teaching these Old Testament scriptures, which we call Old Testament today, and show them that the Messiah is come. Show that this is that time. Go and te- I'm giving you this. Unto you, I give the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now go. That unto you, Peter, and the son, look. It's given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 13. But to be at this point now, where he's telling this guy, Peter, get away from me, Satan. You're in an obstacle in my way. Because these thoughts of yours don't come from God, but from human nature. All right, let me see if I got one more here. Um, Somebody's saying the same thing. Um, All right, this is the GMNT. The GMNT is the Jonathan Matthew New Testament. Right? This is the Jonathan Matthew New Testament, which, and again, another study Bible, right? Another study Bible. Uh, I'm reading, it's kind of long. It's, it's still Matthew chapter 8, verse 21. Uh, am I in Matthew or Mark? Where am I at? It is still. Make sure I'm quoting right. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. I'm sorry. This is still Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. And now I'm reading from what's called the GMNT uh, version of the Bible. 
And this is what this researcher has, 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 is coming out with now. Now being turned, he said to Peter, proceed leading the way or bringing things under control behind me. So you need to go ahead and proceed and leading the way to get yourself behind me. Get yourself on and get behind me. <laughs> oh, adversaries, you are my bait stick in snaring and leading me into a trap because you are not in the habit of setting your mind on having the attitude pertaining to the things of God. But instead, you will continually have opinions which align with the things of humans or mankind. <laughs> ah. I'm laughing right now, brothers and sisters, at how many times I myself can be can be called Satan. How many times that I can let my thoughts get caught up on the things of humans, human nature, my survival like an animal, like a like a beast, and I'm only thinking about what I'm going through. And in that, my mind, I don't have the right attitude for changing the things of the Most High, the things of God. That I get, set myself in the habit of setting my mind or having an attitude pertaining to the thing, not of the things of God, but instead to continually have opinions which align with the things of human or mankind. So much as I hope that, that, that from these different versions of the Bible that, we, that we're really trying to get a, 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 an understanding or a resonance or, 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 or a, or a, a what word am I looking for? Um, hell, even a piercing or cutting. For us to now really examine ourselves and to come back and realize that from these things that we do, where our minds, our opinions, our attitudes, our thoughts, our thinking is not pertaining to what the Most High wants, but what humans, humanity, human nature, people of the world, everyone else, what, how they're looking at things, but it's not how the most high is looking at things. We don't want to be caught up like this, brothers and sisters. We really don't. This, it, it, to me, this gives more emphasis on 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Let me go there now. You know, I wasn't thinking about this. It wasn't in my class, but let's go ahead and go here. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. All right. Um, uh, diligent study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Give diligence to, to present thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Handling or right the word of God. Um, here's the Bible in basic English uh, from 2 Timothy 2.15. Let it be your care to get the approval of God as a workman 
who has no case for shame, giving the true word in the right way. The Beamer Study Bible. Make every effort to, to present yourself approved to God, an unashamed workman who accurately handles the word of God. And the, this, I'm just going to read a couple here. Um, and the CEV, the Common English Version, that says, do your best to win God's approval as a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed and who teaches only the true message. Oh, oh, damn. Um, the E-R-E, the E-R-R-B, the E-R-R-B, again, the Exegesis Ready Research Bible, the Exegesis Ready Research Bible, on Second Timothy two two fifteen. Study, be diligent to show thyself to present thyself approved unto God, Elohim, Elohim, a workman or worker that needs not to be ashamed or unashamed, rightly dividing or straight cutting the word of truth. Then I'm going to JMMT. Uh, here's the JMMT again. The JMMT is the Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. The Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. And brothers and sisters, I've got all these different versions of, of these Bibles uh, uh, on my Eastward uh, Bible app. All right, my Eastward Bible app uh, for the computer. All right, the Eastward Bible app for the computer. That I can download all these different Bibles and and that'll be able to compare all the different versions that, that I've downloaded. Uh, through modules and be able to look at them all at the same time. So that, that's what I'm using right now. Right? That's what I'm using right now for the East Ward. So for the James, again, make sure I, I got it right. The James, the, I'm sorry, Jonathan Mitchell, New Testament. The Jonathan Mitchell, New Testament, it says, make haste with earnest endeavor and diligence to place yourself alongside as an approved and qualified workman in and by God or to hand yourself over to and for God as a tried and approved workman, one without cause for shame, consistently cutting a straight and direct path of Proverbs 3, verse 6, and Proverbs number verse five, or with the word of God, or with the word of truth, or habitually cutting an upright and erect line through the word of truth, continually cutting with the message of reality in a straight direction. Constantly making a straight cut wound with the speech of this reality. Also, dealing straightforwardly with the discourse of reality or repeatedly dividing and marking out straight boundaries by the reason which is, I know that was lengthy, but good Lord. 
uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. So it's coming back now. After reading, uh, I'm going to read it now back to the King James. And I'm going back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. It says, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And what I want to do right here now, brothers and sisters, is um, let's go back and do a little, little, little study, a little research. And I hope that this part that I'm about to go into right now is going to help us, help to, to paint the picture of how we can really get caught up into the things of men and we're not really caught up in, on the things of God. So I want to give this example that this has happened before in history, not just going all the way back to ancient Egypt, but this has happened in, our, in, in the history of the Israelites. When we go to the book of Jeremiah, when we go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. All right? This is Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And the subject matter of Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, is dealing with idols and the living God. Right? The subject matter of Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, is dealing with idols and the living God. So here in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, or house of Israel. So we see plainly um, who he's addressing. Who his salutation is to is to the house of Israel, uh, to the Israelites, the twelve tribes of Israel, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Asher, Naphtali, Issachar. We understand that he's speaking to the house of Israel, all right, our people. And he says, "Thus saith the Lord: Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them." Verse 3, for the customs of the people are vain. For one kills a tree out of the forest. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. And if we look at this custom, brothers and sisters, this is, really does sound like the custom of getting the Christmas tree. That in, in one of the greatest Christian um, holidays of Christianity, all right, not that they fall in Christ, but of Christianity is Christmas. And the setting up of, a, of, a, of, a, of some type of tree and decorating it. That even in, in some places where it might be desert and there ain't no trees, that you have people actually set up like a, a tumbleweed and set it up, uh, might even paint it, paint it white and then decorate it with, with popcorn, uh, some type of silver, some type of gold, some type of decoration in, in representing that Christmas tree or uh, using, uh, you know, in, in honoring of Jesus Christ, make sure you put that little star on the top of the tree. What's being described here is a custom or ways of the heathen. All right? Um, and it goes on to say in verse 3, for the customs of the people are vain. For the things that they do are vain. They're worthless when it comes to God. It says, for one comes a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold, just like the, the custom of the Christmas tree. Silver bells, silver bells, um, you know, just the decorating of the tree. Uh, uh, silver and gold, silver and gold. The tinsel that's put on, on the tree, that could be either silver or gold. And the lights they put around the tree, all right? That this custom is vain. 
they used to it used to be uh, when we live more rural, especially even here in America, that you would go out and actually chop down the Christmas tree. And that the family would get together, grandpa would grab the axe, or dad would grab the axe, and we actually go out and find the perfect Christmas tree. And actually chop it down, then pull it home, uh, set up in, in, in the floor. Usually we had wood floors, and then the tree would be nailed to the floor, or some type of stand would be, would be fashioned for the tree to stand up right, and then everybody would, would be caught up at you decorating the tree. And, you know, the, the scene that's given is there'd be the hot apple cider, um, uh, uh, hot apple cider, or the, uh, the hot cocoa with the uh, marshmallows in it, um, uh, and, and, or, or the uh, apple cider with the candy cane in it. And it's just a time of, of silent night, holy night, Vanya and Virgin, um, something tight. Y- y'all know the song. <laughs> y'all know, but right now I don't. That, that, w- that's, that would be the whole thing. And just like you have the, the Christmas tree uh, lighting, uh, at Rockefeller Center, uh, up there in New York, or at the at the uh, uh, at the White House, it's something big. It's huge. All right. Let's read on. Verse four. It says they deck it with silver and with gold. They pass it to the with, with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them. They cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Now, you notice how it says that they are upright as a palm tree. Now, some researchers have said this means that they took the tree. That they, don't, they don't want to associate it with a Christmas tree at all, but they want to associate it with, like, yeah, people go and cut down a log or cut a tree down, and then they'll, they'll, say, and then they'll take an axe, the same axe they chop a tree down with, they'll take the same axe to carve an idol into this tree. But why is it being described here that, no, it's being decked with silver and gold, a fast hammer and nails that it move not, and that they're upright as the palm tree. Obviously, they chopped the tree down, but now it's upright as a palm tree. That this is more describing the custom that we call Christmas and the Christmas tree Man, just going and if, I'm not gonna say that people don't go out and, and and fashion idols out of wood and fashion idols out of gold, but this one here, the, this worldwide thing, a sort of the Christmas tree to represent the birth of Jesus Christ, that whole custom, that whole thing, is of the world. It's a teasing custom. It's wrong in the eyes of God, and because it's human nature, and this is what everybody else is doing. A lot of us do the same thing because it's what everybody else is doing. So here's an example of where our thoughts and our minds cannot be on the things of God and what God says, but it's on things of how the world does things. That we're not conscious of these scriptures and reading it here in Jeremiah, Old Testament scripture, chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, that this custom that is being described, obviously they can call it Christmas, because this was written 500 years before Christ was even born. This is right, like 500 years B.C., before Christ, that God said, don't do this custom. So you couldn't call it Christmas 
because Christ obviously wasn't born yet. But there was a custom among the heathens, among the nations, where they would get evergreen trees and decorate them. That was an ancient custom. Long before Christ came on the scene, before, before Mary had the baby of Joseph. We're going to get all into that or whatever. We're going to get there. All right? Now, to help back this up, I got some research. I got some research. To help back this up, this ain't just me talking about the side of my neck. All right? This here, brother, sister, is a Newsweek article. All right? It's a Newsweek article uh, that was written by Kelly Wynn on December 11, 2018, at 12.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, all right? It's a Newsweek article, and it's uh, dealing with uh, Christmas tree, Christmas, the origin and beginnings of Christmas trees. This is what it says, as, 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 as the, the opening article on, 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 uh, on the Internet, on the Google search. Christmas trees did begin as a pagan tradition as early as the 4th century CE. According to ABC News, European pagans are largely responsible for this. So this is from not only Newsweek magazine, which at one time was a very very credible um, uh, news source, but it was also on ABC News. As I open the article up, this is what it reads. Christmas trees did begin as a pagan tradition as early as the 4th century CE, according to ABC News, Europe, ABC News. European pagans were largely responsible for dressing their homes with the branches of evergreen trees in order to bring color and light into their dull uh, winters. But pagans weren't the only people to do, to do this. Romans also used the branches or, uh, uh, for decoration during the festival of Saturnalia, which took place from December 17th to December 23rd in the honor of the god Saturn. That, that this same custom that, that Christianity calls Christmas is reminiscent of the same customs that the Romans participated in, called the Saturnalia. That the, who else was this? Um, that European pagans were largely responsible for dressing their homes with the branches of evergreen trees. I'm reading on this article. Because of their pagan roots, American settlers were not quick to jump on the Christmas tree trend. Are y'all hearing this, brothers and sisters? Even in America, even when America was first being colonized by white people, by Europeans, they didn't believe in Christmas, the Christmas tree. It says German settlers were the first to introduce the indoor evergreen to the new country. But it didn't go over smoothly, according to the History Channel, the History Channel. I'm using these resources that we have Newsweek magazine referencing ABC News and, and, and uh, referencing the History Channel. Reading on, now this is what they got from the History Channel. The newly settled pilgrims were big supporters of Christmas and widely opposed 
the pagan influence. Early government officials, including William Bradford and Oliver Cromwell, tried to destroy new Christmas traditions of decorating, of decorating, dismissing them as heathen and pagan mockery. In 1659, the General Court of Massachusetts even made a law that celebrating Christmas was illegal. The only thing allowed was church attendance, no decorations, especially trees should be seen. All right? So I'm giving this reference that you can do your own research also, that Christmas trees and the decorated Christmas, as much as it seems special and snuggly, and you got the, the polar bears, the mama polar bear with the baby polar bear, and they're enjoying the coats together, and somehow they got the red and white stocking cap on top of the on top of their heads, and and I like to uh, have the world sing in perfect harmony. I like to buy a world of coke and keep it company. As much as that is such a cozy feeling and, and warm feeling, that that's very pagan. That's got nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus. Another article. And I went to the History Channel for this one. I went to the History Channel for this one. It says, Christmas trees, symbolism, traditions, and trivia. This is from the History Channel, all right? The History Channel, so you can look it up. This ain't just Mashaba. Hopefully, this not, not speaking on the side of his neck, all right? The history of Christmas trees goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome. Are y'all hearing this? Now, there's a book called The True Babylons by Alexander Hislop. I didn't pull that up. I didn't have time because that, that font of that book is very, very, very small. And with my vision right now, I really can't read it. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm on a huge font with my Word documents where I got on my notes right now. I can't read that. But Tyler Paz brought it out. And even the war has, has brought it out in some of his YouTube classes. Please go check them out. Please go check them out where it really discusses that a lot of religions and a lot of customs uh, come from ancient Babylon and dealing with the worship of, of uh, Nimrod, a.k.a. Tammuz, a.k.a. Ceramicus, uh, uh, who, who eventually became uh, uh, the sun god Ra, who eventually became uh, uh, Jupiter and Saturn, who became Baal, Peor, and Astarte, and Astaroth and Venus and Aphrodite, that all these go back to Nimrod. And yet we, can read about, we read about Nimrod in the Bible, right? So let me read on. Let me read this again. The history of Christmas trees go, goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome and continues uh, with the German tradition of Candlelights. The history of Christmas trees goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome and continues with the German tradition of candlelight. Christmas trees first brought to America in the 1800s were first brought to America in the 1800s. Discover the history of the Christmas tree from the earliest winter solstice celebrations to Queen Victoria's decorating habits and the annual lighting of the Rockefeller Center tree in New York City. The ancient Egyptians worshipped a god called Ra, 
who had the head of a hawk and wore the sun as a blazing disc in his crown. At the solstice, when Ra began to recover from his illness, the Egyptians filled their homes with green palm, palm uh, rushes, which symbolized for them the triumph over death. Did it sound familiar, y'all? That the tree was set up to symbolize the triumph over death. That's why they decorated it. Going back to the worship of the sun god Ra, they decorated trees in honor of the sun god Ra. And again, God told the Israelites in Jeremiah chapter 10, don't learn the customs of the heathen. Because they're vain. They're vain. They're worthless. They mean nothing to him. All right? Reading on with this History Channel article. Early Romans marked the solstice with a great, with, with a feast. I'm sorry. My eyes were not this. Early Romans marked the solstice with a feast called Saturnalia in honor of Saturn. The god of agriculture. The Romans knew that the solstice meant that soon farms and orchards would be green and fruitful. To mark the occasion, they decorated their homes and temples with evergreen bows. In Northern Europe, the the mysterious Druid, the priest of the ancient self, also decorated their temples with evergreen bows as a symbol of everlasting life. The fierce Vikings in Scandinavia thought that evergreens were the special plant of the sun god Baldur. So this custom of honoring trees, evergreen trees, is something ancient, pagan, and against the God of the Bible, against the God, the Father of Jesus Christ. Of Yahushai. That has nothing to do with the proper worship of God or of His Son Jesus Christ. I just want to read some of these things, right? I just I wanted to read some of these things. That these are some of the customs, some of the things that if, if your mind are on the things of men, it can be easy for us to be to be called Satan by Christ because our thoughts our minds, our attitudes, our opinions are not on the things of God, but on the things of men and everyone else and people of the world, of the heathen, of the nations, that here's another custom or something that, that we get caught, caught up into where our, where we, our minds are not on God, but on things and ways of people of the world. All right? I'm praying that, that this is coming across. I, I understand if it's not being agreed to. I can understand that. I'm not even mad at that. If people don't agree with the knowledge, of, with the facts that are coming out, I can understand if you don't agree with it. That, that's not really my issue my problem. But I'm hoping that this information is coming out clear and that you can do your own research. Right? You can do your own research. And hopefully you are going through the word of God correctly, that you're straight cutting the word of God the right way so that the work you're doing, honoring God, that you're not going to be ashamed when Christ gets here and all the work you've been doing and how you think you're honoring Jesus 
how you think you're honoring God is wrong. You can take a chance. You can take that chance. All right? Now, with that, brothers and sisters, I, went, I was going through all that to bring, bring this out because I wanted to bring it back now to the New Testament, to now Matthew chapter 6. All right? I want to bring it back to Matthew chapter 6, and it's, it's partly dealing with the Lord's Prayer. All right? Matthew chapter 6, and we're in, I'm going to start at verse uh, 7. All right? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. All right? And see that there's a, 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 a comparison, another comparison, that the thing that the Old Testament back to the New Testament, New Testament back to the Old Testament. All right. So in Matthew chapter six, verse seven, um, which is a part of the Lord's Prayer, but this is what it says. I want we're going to we're going to focus in on this for the time we have remaining. But when we pray, but when ye pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, originally, I wasn't going to, uh, I, I was going to go into this, but I, I, I was just going to focus on As the Heathen Do, which is the title of my class. And I set this class up last Thursday, after, after I finished class on Thursday. I already set this class up and with that title, As the Heathen Do. And I was going to continue more on, like, the economic situation that was in Egypt and the economic situation today and how our minds get pulled away. But as you know, my name is Mashaba, which does mean to draw out, all right, that we're going to draw some things out, all right? We're going to pull some things out. We're going to go down some rabbit holes, <laughs> all right? We, that's why we're at the 13-part series uh, to deny Christ. It, we're going to kind of draw, like Kathy, we're going to draw it out. If anybody's, well, you got YouTube now. Go look at Kathy pulling. <laughs> <laughs> that Laffy Taffy, if y'all been that, that old uh, 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 rap song, hip hop song. But when you pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of their uh, for their much speaking. Now, what does this mean? What's another custom of the heathen that the heathen do? There is a practice that we might that people will be doing in what they think is Christianity and is absolutely pagan. It's absolutely evil. It goes absolutely against what Christ said right here, to where our minds are not on what Christ said, but it's on things and practices of what everyone else does. That because I've seen everybody else doing it, now I'm gonna do it because I've seen everybody else do it. I'm not really studying and going through the word of God correctly so I might have the right attitude and be doing the right work. So I don't be ashamed when Christ comes, God comes to judge me that now I, I, I can say I've been trying to rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord. This leads me, brothers and sisters, to the history of prayer beads. All right? The history of prayer beads. And my search was, what are pagan prayer, uh, prayer beads? What are pagan prayer beads? The history of prayer beads. And y'all can look this up too. And I'm reading from this article. The oldest known image of prayer beads is found in a fresco painting 
at the prehistoric settlement of uh, Aquateri in modern-day Santori, Santor, Santor, Santorini, Greece. This mural, which depicts a woman handling a string of prayer beads, dates back to 1613 B.C. This string of prayer beads dates back to 1,613 years before Christ. I hope everybody caught that. Not after Christ, before Christ. Bring on. Prayer beads are also used in Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Sikhism, and other religions around the world. While the exact way in which these beads are used varies across faith, all of these prayer beads have one thing in common. They are designed to deepen and enhance spiritual practices. So people think. They think by using these prayer beads, in whatever religion that, they, that they're being used in, that they're getting a, 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 a deeper and enhanced spiritual connection with their God, including, including Catholicism. Traditionally, prayer beads are used to help practitioners keep track of how many repetitions of a prayer they have completed. I have that highlighted, brothers and sisters. I do. In fact, I, I highlighted this. I turned the font red, and I've got a black ink highlighter so that the red stands out strong against the black background. Traditionally, prayer beads are used to help practitioners keep track of how many repetitions of a prayer they have completed. Going back to 1,613 years before Christ. So, it does make sense when we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, the words of the Lord and Savior, Jesus, Yahushua, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. I didn't realize how, how many prayers are in the Catholic Church. They use a prayer to eat. I was one kind of familiar, kind of, I mean, distantly familiar with Hail Mary, full of grace. That you go to the confessional, you confess whatever to, to, the, to the pedophile priest who, 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 who's in the, the confessional, um, and he'll tell you, um, all right, uh, uh, 15 Hail Marys, uh, three uh, Father Prayers, and uh, 210 Apostles' Creeds. I, something like I've never done it. But I just want I might see on TV, and yeah, I'm embellishing a little bit, but there's a certain number of prayers that you got to say. Nobody ever questioning or saying, where did this come from? Did, did the apostle, did, after Christ called Peter Satan, 
Did Peter go and confess the faith Christ and have the prayer beads? And Christ said, say seven Hail Marys. Say 15 Our Fathers. Say the Apostles' Creed a hundred times. We don't research. But because we see everybody else doing it, we'll do it. So then our minds and our thoughts are not on God or from God, but from people of the world, from everybody else. So now our attitudes and our opinions are from everybody else, but they're not on God, the way God wants things done. And we've already read, brothers and sisters, I'm just going to quote it, paraphrase it, was that Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23. Um, verse 22 says, for we know we worship. Uh, I'm sorry. John chapter 4, verse 22 says, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Then it goes on to say, I'm going to have to pull it up so I can quote it proper. And let me get back to my King James Bible. Just to pull this up real quick. St. John chapter 4, verse 22. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the verse verse twenty three, but the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. That the time's going to come when the true worshippers. I'm going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Who is going to worship God the way God wants to be worshipped? By not doing vain customs, heathenish ways, with the attitudes or opinions like people in the world, such as Christmas trees. As now, we're going into this thing about the prayer beads, which is, yes, whether we get to it today or not, it's going to wrap back around to dealing with the Lord's Prayer and Matthew chapter 6, the economic situation that we'd be facing, that just like in ancient Egypt, it was to get our minds not on the thoughts of God and what God said or what God, of what God says, but having our minds operating, coming from a place that's not on what God says, but on what we feel, on what we think, on our idea of survival. We're going to wrap all this up in, 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 in a, I'm going to try to wrap all this up in a book. It ain't going to be today. We'll tell you that now. There will be a part 14. <laughs> There's going to be a part 14, y'all. All right? So, let me get back to where I was at. Going back to this article uh, on the internet um, from History of Prayer Beads. I'm going to read this part again. The part that I had, the font in red, or the, the background in red, in black. Traditionally, prayer beads are used to help practitioners 
keep track of how many repetitions of a prayer they have completed. So contrary to the thoughts of Christ and what Jesus said, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. And that's in the New Testament. If you only had the New Testament, which I don't recommend, but if that's all you had, the first book of the New Testament is Matthew. This is the sixth chapter of Matthew. If you started like, you know, I'm going to read the Bible. You know, I'm going to give my mind to God. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to set myself on, on, a, on a, a, a reading program. So I'm going to read the Bible. And I'm going to read two chapters a day. If you just set that minimum, I'm going to read two chapters a day. By the third day, you should have read this right here. By the third night, this should have been read. And whatever reading plan <laughs> that I'm going to read the Bible, you might not get all the way through Matthew. You might not get to uh, Luke or John. You might get to Acts. You might not get to Romans. But Lord forbid, you might not get to Philemon. You might not get to Titus. You might not get to Jude. You might not get to Revelation. But if you start your reading plan in the New Testament, in the beginning of the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and you're going to read two chapters a night, you would have read this the beginning of the third night if you're only doing two chapters. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Why did Christ say that? Because obviously from 1,613 years before he was even born, that was something that the heathen were already doing. That's something the nations were already doing. I'm going to read on with the article. While enabling them to stay focused on the prayer itself. So again, traditionally prayer beads are used to help practitioners keep track of how many repetitions of a prayer they have completed while enabling them to stay focused on the prayer itself. But pagan prayer beads and pagan meditation beads can be used in all sorts of spiritual, though not necessarily religious practices. For instance, you could uh, hold a set of prayer of pagan prayer beads while reciting an intention you want to manifest. while reciting an intention you want to manifest. Balancing your chakras, honoring your ancestors, or performing a ritual spell. Here's another in the article. The rosary. The rosary's pagan origins. The rosary. I know the, 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 the next thought after from the article I just read, the next thought is, well, that's them. I do it for Jesus. That's how they did it. But me, me and Jesus have an understanding. Even though Jesus said, don't do it, me and Jesus have an understanding that this is how I feel, and this is what makes me feel good, and this is how I meditate and ease my mind. So me and Jesus are, are you know, and this is the rosary. 
Those are pagan necklaces, but mine is the rosary. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Cool. All right. All right. The rosary is a string of beads that Roman Catholics use to pray with vain repetitions and direct defiance of the Lord Jesus Christ, who clearly condemned such pagan rituals in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. The full rosary, including the luminous mysteries invented by Pope John Paul II, consists of nearly 270 memorized prayers with over 200 of these being to Mary. Rosary beads come in all colors and sizes, and Pope John Paul II loved to promote it. Ain't the Pope supposed to be the vicar of God on earth? Ain't the Pope supposed to be the connection between God and Jesus and uh, between mankind himself, Jesus, and God? It, it, I, I don't think that there's been a lot of study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Somewhere this got missed. In this article, I'm going to repeat that again. The luminous mysteries invented by Pope John Paul II consist of nearly 270 memorized prayers, with over 200 of those being to Mary. Over 200 of the 270 memorized prayers, over 200 of them are to Mary. Rosary beads come in all colors and sizes, and Pope John Paul II loved to promote it. What is the Hail Mary? It is a blasphemous prayer invented by Roman Catholics to Mary. No true Christian has ever prayed to Mary. Facts. No true Christian has ever prayed to Mary, and she cannot do them any good anyway as she is powerless in all things, natural and spiritual. Jesus did not recognize any superiority of Mary over any other believer, man or woman. And they reference Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. This comes up. I'm going to go here. Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. Let me pull it up on, in my Bible app. Matthew, chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 46. While he, while he had talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren were still without, desiring to speak with him. Yes, this, his mother Mary Came while he was teaching and wanted to speak with him, his mother and his brethren. Matthew chapter 12, verse 47. Then one said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. Verse 48. But he answered and said unto, men, unto him that told him, 
Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? Verse 49. And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. Verse 50. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. This is Mary. Want to talk to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, who's my mama? My mama is those who do the will of my father, which is in heaven. That is the, the same as my brother, my sister, and my mother. He, didn't, he wasn't like, oh, snap. It's Mary, and she has a better connection to God than I do. Let me stop what I'm doing because Mary said, come here. Because she has a direct link to God over my authority. No, brother, sister, that's not what happened. All right, in Luke, chapter 2, verse 48 and 50. Let's get that. Luke chapter 2, and I see time is, is running out. Luke chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 2, verse 48. Luke, chapter 2, verse 48. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, son, remember, this is when he's 12 years old. (laughs) Let me get this. I'm going to start with verse 42. Luke, chapter 2, verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, now this is when he's a young man now, right? He ain't started his teaching yet, the preaching yet, the ministry yet. He's 12, all right? And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast, meaning Passover, all right? His whole family went, they left Nazareth, which is in the northern part of, of the country of Israel, came down to Jerusalem to honor the Passover, all right? Verse 43, Luke chapter 2, verse 43. And when, they, and when they had fulfilled the day, because, you know, during the time of Passover, unleavened bread, that you got to be there for that whole week. You have the whole week of unleavened bread, all right, that, and uh, also the first fruits. All this got to be presented to the Most High. So they were honoring the, the holidays, the holy days that you find in Leviticus chapter 23. This is what his father, Joseph, and his mom, Mary, and the rest of his family, of Joseph's family, and Mary's family that were in Nazareth, they came down to honor the laws of the Most High. So, verse 43, and when they had fulfilled the day, as they returned, the child, Jesus, carried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Verse 44, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, that's why I say company, Supposed him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. What's kinfolk, y'all? <laughs> I'm going to get a little, a little country on you. What's kinfolk? What's folk mission? My kin? My kindred? They sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again 
to Jerusalem seeking him. And I remember this is a black woman now. This is a black woman with a black man. And he got the whole family, aunts, uncles, everybody that's come out looking for this boy. There's the black people, Jews, come back looking for this boy. <laughs> looking for this child. Not C-H-I-L-D, but C-H-I-L-L-E. This child. Verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. They were searching for in Jerusalem for three days. They already went a day's journey. Came back to Jerusalem. That took a day. Then searched for him for three days. They find the child. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answered. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father, obviously Joseph, his daddy, black man. Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Verse 49. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wish ye not? that I must be about my father's business? And when they understood not the same, which he spake unto them. So there's this thing about over 200 memorized prayers that you keep counting with the prayer beads to the Virgin Mary, to Mary. And Mary ain't got no authority over Jesus. I know my two hours has expired, but I'm uh, I'm gonna get one a couple of these scriptures here, and let me check this. All right, there's no questions in the chat. Cool, cool, cool. I got about ten seconds left, but I'm, I'm gonna read one more of these, and we're gonna call this a day. Well, not one more, two more. Then in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 27 and 28, probably when people Matthew say, but let's get it. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, the book of Luke. Chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. Luke chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed the womb that bear thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. So here's this woman, Christ is teaching. Christ is when he's in his, after 30 years old, he's in his full ministry, got the 12 disciples, got the father, they're traveling, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, to the Israelites, to the Jews, everywhere, this, uh, and, and throughout Palestine, throughout the country of Israel. So he's teaching. A woman stands up and says, blessed is the womb that bear thee and the taps which thou hast sucked. Verse 28, but he said, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Huh? He didn't bow down and say, Hail Mary? Huh? 
He didn't bust into a, a, a Tupac's dear mama. Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Lord, said what? Instead of giving praise and homage to his moms, he said, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. That's what Jesus said. I know it's not what Pope John Paul says. I know that what Christianity teaches us, but that's not what Jesus said about his mama. So as we're doing all, as people are doing all the Hail Marys and keeping count of them, keeping track of them, of the over 200 memorized prayers to Mary, that ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. St. John chapter 2 verse 4. St. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to Get ready to wrap this up. St. John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. St. John, chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day, there was a marriage in, in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. There's Mary. She's at this wedding. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had wanted wine, the mother of Jesus says unto them, they have no wine. Verse 4, Jesus says unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Did y'all hear this? Did Jesus answer his mom, Mary, hell, Mary, you're correct. Hail Mary, Hail Mary, come with me. Woman, what have I to do with thee? What's it going to do with you? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to look at the comparison Bible. Um, oh, oh. In the AFV Bible, again, the AFV being the a faithful version, in the faithful version Bible, it says, Jesus said to her, woman, what do you desire to have me do? My time has not yet come. In the American Standard Version, Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. <laughs> in the Bible in basic English, Jesus said to her, woman, this is not your business. <laughs> woman, this is not your business. My time is still to come. Uh, let me see here. Let me, let me see here. Um, and Jesus said to her, this is the, um, the English Standard Version, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I ain't going to do with this. Um, 
Oh, I know this don't say this. I know this doesn't say this. It doesn't say this, y'all. Yes, it does. The Good News Bible. The Good News Bible. You must not tell me what to do, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. You must not tell me what to do? This was the reply to Jesus, to his mother, to his mom, Mary? From the Good News Bible, you must not tell me what to do. Let me take the JMMT. Oh, he didn't write none on that. John and Matthew didn't write on that. He didn't want to touch that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, he did. So Jesus is replying to her, what is it to me and to you, woman, or what is it that for me and for you, or woman, or my lady, what has this got to do with us? My hour is not yet, or it's still not yet arriving, all right? But I'm, 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 I'm liking this good news. <laughs> I'm loving this good news. Oh, now you want to hide from me? Now it wants to hide from me. Where are you at? The GMB. You must not tell me what to do, Jesus replies. My time has not yet come. So return back to this article, and this is going to be it where I wrap it up. Um, again, it says, it is a blasphemous prayer invented by Roman Catholics to marry. No true Christian has ever prayed to marry, and she cannot do them any good anyway as she is powerless in all things, natural and spiritual. Jesus did not recognize any superiority of Mary over any other believer, man or woman. Mary is no more the mother of God than you are the father of God. Fool. And then we could go on into the pagan origins of the rosary beads. I'm going to end it with that. I'm going to end it with that. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me do this here. So I remember my, mark my place. So I come back on Wednesday. We can continue. We can pick up where we left off at. All right, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm going to end this class right now right here. I'm in this class uh, right here, and I want to thank everybody who tuned in. Uh, hopefully, this was informative. I understand if it wasn't agreed upon. I understand people didn't agree with it, but hopefully, it was informative. All right, and if it's not provoking, if it's not provoking, you want to do your, your research and, and check these out. Please do. All right, please do. Be be a workman. Write the body word of truth. All right, write the body word of truth. Uh, with that, today is Monday, brothers and sisters. Today is Monday, and uh, we do have YouTube classes tonight. We have ISBHBK San Antonio, starting at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we also have ISBHBK Houston, also starting at uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube. So we invite you all to check us out, all right? Visit the classes, uh, visit the schools. Please don't forget to check out uh, ISBHBK.com. Uh, and with that, you know, tomorrow uh, we have another, another uh, edition uh, another segment 
of Tazapot Tuesdays. Tazapot Tuesdays. When? Every Tuesday. Uh, coming tomorrow at 10 a.m. So that, brothers and sisters, my name is Mishaba. And for ISBHBK uh, Bible Talk, I'd like to say Shalom. Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.